Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and this is the third week of April. That means that if you're listening to me, you haven't fled the country to avoid paying taxes. Or if you did, you've got great cell phone signal reception. Congratulations either way, and thanks very much. <laughs> I'm just saying he may or may not be avoiding his taxes. Who knows where he really lives? Let's bring in one Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? So does this sound like Canada? <laughs> Texas are higher in Canada. I'm thinking Venezuela. Oh, well, see, that's the thing. I live in New Hampshire, which is almost Canada. Literally, when you drive into the state, it says Bienvenue. <laughs> I'm fleeing. I'm going in that direction. If only uh, for the Tim Hortons. That's true. That's true. There's always that. There's a bonus to it. There we go. All right, James. So a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned on the show that every show should start with a round of self-congratulations and us saying that we were right. This show is no different. Today, Disney announced a new app coming this summer called Play Disney Parks. Did you see this? Oh, no, really? <laughs> it's true. Please explain about what people are about to start doing in line. So this is an app that Disney's created for you to play while you're waiting in line in Disney's theme parks. And Jim, you and I had talked about this back in our November Disney Dish event live in Walt Disney World because we had found a patent that Disney had filed related to this technology. Do you remember that? Yeah. I love, or at least in the language, does this still mention the payout if you win? The Disney press release that came with this mm -hmm. said, guests can soon explore Disneyland Resort and the Walt Disney Resort in a whole new way using the all-new Play Disney Parks app coming this summer on iOS and Android. With a touch of a button, wait time turns into playtime mm. with family and friends at certain locations. And the more you explore in Disney parks, the more there is to discover. Now, the interesting thing that they didn't say here, but they tweeted out, was that there will be certain prizes mm -hmm. available to you as you play. And that relates to the patent that we had talked about back in November. And this is U.S. patent number 2016-0346683. System and Methods for Association of Virtual Gaming to Physical Environments. And the interesting thing about that is that one of the prizes that it shows, it actually mentions this in the patent, is if you play one of the games on the app and you win or get high score or do well in it, it shows in the patent you getting a straight to the front of the line pass for whatever ride you're in. Do you remember this? Yes, and in fact, I have an interesting little bend on this story. I would imagine that once the Skyliner opens, especially after Illumination ends at night, people are going to get a lot of practice on playtime. They are going to be frantically playing the get to the front of the line pass or hoping to win the get to the front of the line pass because that's actually turned out to be a bit of a boondoggle. The Skyliner, you're saying? Yeah, let me explain. Okay, so Skyliner, remember, we've got the system that's connecting the studios to Epcot. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a stop at Pop Century and Art of Animation. Mm -hmm. There's also going to be a stop at Disney's new Riviera, Riviera. which mm -hmm. again also will share some capacity with the Caribbean Beach Resort. I can't understand why it is that they are just now flashing on this 18 months out from opening, 
But they just started crunching numbers, assuming, well, we're going to see large crowds at Disney Hollywood Studios because when Galaxy's Edge opens, correct me if I'm wrong, Len, the maximum capacity of the park, at least in its current configuration, is what, 65,000, 75,000? I would be shocked if it's 75,000, 65,000 on a generous day. Remember, they, they got rid of huge expanses this is true. of the park, the backlot stuff to do Galaxy's Edge. So when Galaxy's Edge opened, there, I think the footprint of the park will be ever so slightly larger than it was, but not by much. And the studios is one of those parks, though, where 65,000 people mm. in that space is a lot of people. Let's roll it back to, say, 60,000. A busy day, 60,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, also on the route of the Skyliner, again, we have Disney's Riviera Resort, <laughs> which at this point they're saying is 300 units. Yep. Relatively small. Yeah. Caribbean, Caribbean Beach, which is big. Yeah, and that's the thing. They pulled out units out of the Caribbean beach. I've got a number here of 2,112 rooms, which I think has to be the old numbers. That is the old number, yeah. Okay, so let's say that's 1,600 rooms now. Mm, Maybe 1,700, but okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay, now we then go with Pop Century. Pop Century has 2,880 rooms. It's sharing a Skyliner station with Art of Animation, which is 984 rooms and 1,120 suites conservatively we are talking about 6,000 to 6,500 rooms all on the same transportation system this is connecting to a park that's about to open a brand new massive attraction but to which at full capacity we're saying 60,000. <laughs> I see where you're going with this Jim because if I do the math it's 6,700 rooms three people per room it's 20,000 people right there okay <laughs> Conceivably during the day, this will not break the system. However, at night <laughs> I can see I can see the wires sagging down in the skyliner to where, where the little vehicles are scraping the tops of buses along the road with the weight of everyone trying to cram into these things. Well, but but here's the worst part, Len. Brand new version of Illuminations opening in basically the same window of time. The way you get to this park out of Epcot to get to where the Skylander is located is that teeny, tiny, narrow, dark. Oh, you're going to have 20,000 people going through the International Gateway. I guess. You know, 10,000 people. Oh, Jim, that's going to be like, you remember those photos that CBS News used to show of everyone climbing up on the roof of the hotel, well, like when the U.S. Army was trying to get out of Vietnam. This is what I'm talking about. It's going to be like that. Or you remember when (laughs) Brad Pitt was in uh, the zombie movie and basically the zombies just overran. World War Z. (laughs) I mean, this is World War Z. This is World War Disney. (laughs) Never mind. You've got all these people who already walk out this gate to go to the dolphin, the swan, the beach, beach club, the boardwalk. And, you know, and it's one of these things where it's like, just now you're realizing this. But the gym, the other problem is, Think about how close that station is to that exit yeah. of International Gateway. It's not 30 yards. It's no. it's very close. Wow. So what are they going to do? Well, they are just now kind of, you know, they, they realize, and this wasn't budgeted. This wasn't talked about. <laughs> Expand International Gateway? Yeah, there's not a line <laughs> item for that. Yeah. Yeah. They would have had to have started six months ago to get it done for next year, the way that construction takes. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> You got to remember that prior to opening of Diagon Alley and the, the Hogwarts Express that connected 
diagonally to the Wizarding World Hogsmeade. There were all mm-hmm. these concerns about capacity there and would they be able to handle the crowds and yada yada. And that eventually did, in fact, sort itself out. But they have giant corral space. They have this enormous queue that people can go through. None of this is in place for the Skyliner. And in fact, what they're doing now is they're actually going back to old Magic Kingdom data, get it to the effect, well, well, how many people per hour could we actually get on the Skyway? That data is, what, 30 years old? That's what I'm saying, Len. Man. Do you have anything from when that was up and running a touring plan? I think it was six, Jim. I don't, wasn't really into statistics back then. Oh, <laughs> but, you know, again, just the ripple effect here. Suddenly, yeah. the guys. Oh, yeah, it's a huge problem. And they got to find a budget for it. Uh huh. And they got it. But also, how are they going to do any construction there without completely closing it off? I do not. Oi. Oi, James. I. I didn't see this one coming, but oh man, great scoop. Yeah, that's. Wow. I, and I, again, I have to tell you, they are already looking at contingency plans to the effect of do they just position somebody there to, you know, if you walk to the front of the park, we have a fleet of buses that will take you back to your resort. And, but you can't sell that. <laughs> you, can't, you can't sell that after you built the Skyliner. Yeah, you know. No. Yeah, so. Wow. Just circle back, underline, circle and indent here. This is yeah. a problem that is related specifically to that period of time right after Illuminations ends, that sea of humanity. The other thing I'm thinking, though, Jim, is you know how a lot of people will hop onto Big Thunder Mountain about five minutes before Happily Ever After is getting ready to start so they could see the fireworks from the ride? Oh, I'll bet you about 10 minutes before Illumination starts, people are going to start heading out of the exits to get on the Skyliner so they could see the view of Illuminations from the Skyliner. So I wouldn't be surprised that if there's like a 40 or 50-minute window where this thing is just completely jammed up. Yeah. I don't want to be the screer of doom here, but it's like, they're talking now that they're looking at these numbers, they're looking at capacity. and <gasps> Totally got it. Yeah, I didn't even think of it. Wow. They're thinking they'll be running it till midnight one, just getting the people Oy. who stay at those resorts to get out. And, and then it becomes a... Well, do we leave the shops and restaurants open around that? Or we will keep tabs on the story going forward. But this literally just came through the door on Monday. And they are all looking 18 months ahead. And it's like, uh, <laughs> you know. It's because like, there's only, what, like three or four turnstiles going out of? Yeah. Epcot, there's no way that's enough. Yeah. All right. Well, Jim, uh, great job on the story. Thank you. All right, Jim, let's take a quick break here. And we've got some interesting news coming up about Universal and Nintendo right after the break. Okay. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. 
That's shopify.com slash special offer. And we're back. Right, James, remember early in the show, we talked about how during our last Disney Dish event, we talked to the folks about the features coming up in this new Disney Parks app where playing a game in line will get you a front of the line pass. I want to talk about one more piece of news that also came to us during that November event that we can now talk about. And do you remember this, Jim? We're sitting in a bar mm-hmm. and a gentleman comes up to us with a drink, sort of casually, not really talking to us, not really listening to us. But then he leans in and says, like literally one sentence, by the way, Universal's building a third theme park for Nintendo. You didn't hear it from me. And that was it. Jim, it was like an episode of The Americans. <laughs> We're walking along a park. Somebody hands us a piece of paper with some codes on it. What do we do with it? Okay, and lo and behold, James, last week, the Orlando Sentinel reported that as part of a lawsuit Universal was in, they inadvertently disclosed plans for a third theme park. Yeah, and not only that, I don't know if you saw that lawsuit got resolved. Well, yeah, I'm sure that they wanted to just shut it up now because of the third theme park thing. Yeah, yeah that Universal had bought all of this land, I want to say upwards of 400 some odd acres. But it turns out that there was language in the deal that said that they weren't allowed to build a theme park there. And this was the issue they were looking to resolve. And as you said, during the discovery period, in fact, I think the lawyers said something like super secret plans to build a third theme park are in here. (laughs) Don't look at these. I think they used the phrase really, really super secret. Yeah. Which I'm not either familiar with legal terminology or Latin. But I think that's important. I could, could be. So, yes, the third Universal theme park is finally now looming after all of these years. I also I have to tell you, Len, that I talk regularly with the folks at Universal Creative, and they have been mm-hmm. just completely straightforward with me that they're sitting in the equivalent of the nuclear bunker waiting for Disney to make certain announcements so they can then counter-program with their own super huge exciting announcements. And oh, yeah. this is one of the announcements. I don't know what exactly they're planning on spoiling. I had heard at one point that they wanted to drop this on the exact same time that Disney was walking the first guests into Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios because they really do actually want to begin construction this year, or at least site prep. You probably saw the plans like a year, year and a half ago for the Nintendo Land that was going to be shoehorned in between the E.T. Adventure and Barney. Yeah, but I've heard that's all going to get blown out now that the Mario Kart ride will get much bigger and that the Nintendo Land, obviously, with its own park is going to be much, much larger, right? The whole notion of rather than cramming four games in on top of one another, it's like, well, why are we doing... It's like the famous story about when... When Disney passed on Lord of the Rings, when Peter... Jackson. Peter Jackson takes it to Michael Eisner. And Michael Eisner, at one point, the only way Disney was going to make Lord of the Rings is if they made it into just two movies. 
Poor Peter Jackson is hacking away at the Tolkien books, trying to make it into to two parts. And so he eventually takes it over to Miramax, the Weinsteins. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to get into what Harvey did, but he's pitching the two-episode version of Lord of the Rings. And Harvey interrupts and goes, aren't these three books? Shouldn't they be three movies? <laughs> and he kisses Harvey Weinstein, which is a whole separate discussion. There we go. <laughs> but the people for Universal Creative initially were like, okay, we'll just make one land and put all these IPs in it. And now it's like... It's lands. In fact, the other thing that's particularly fascinating about this chunk of property at Universal Studios Florida opening up is that now supposedly this stretch of property between E.T. over to Barney is supposedly being given over to Pokemon. I heard that too. Okay, was that in the lawsuit or no, that, I think we have the same source on this one then? Yeah, this actually came on the back of that... Pokemon game a couple of years ago. Or, or, Pokemon Go? Pokemon Go, where people are out yeah. wandering the streets collecting Pokemon. And Universal, I guess, had this conversation with those folks about, well, could we create Pokemon that are only available in the park? And it's like, well, yeah, and we can also do other stuff. And this is mm. where we are. Super interesting. Yep. Wow. All right. So when do we expect to hear... The announcement on the third part then. Sometime this year, basically, when Disney announces something major? (laughs) Whatever Disney is getting ready to stand in the spotlight and proudly proclaim what they're up to, look for Universal to steal the spotlight with this announcement. They are really planning on spoiling this. (laughs) All right, that's fantastic. Why don't we wrap this show up? We'll do DCA on our very next show coming up real soon. How's that sound? That works. All right, folks, you've been listening to the Disney Dish podcast with Jim Hill. We are produced fabulously by Aaron Adams. Please go into iTunes and Stitcher or throw your friends Lucy, Wyatt, and Rufus in the lifeboat to 1803 and have them write on the back of the Louisiana Purchase a rating for our show and also what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show. Take care.